welcome to the Stalk and I podcast for single women considering solo motherhood by donor conception. I'm your host, Mel Johnson, the solo motherhood coach and solo mum to a three-year-old daughter. We're a series one of the podcast focused on making the decision to become a solo mum. Series two is covering the process itself. Each week, I'll chat to a different guest to cover each step of the process of becoming a solo mum. In this episode of the Stalk and I podcast, I chat to the dating guru, James Priest. James has been working in the dating industry for over a decade and is responsible for thousands of singles finding love. He coaches both men and women, so can share both the male and female perspective. He's a well-connected dating influencer who has worked with many dating apps and online dating sites to help their members have a better user experience. James hosts his own podcast called The Love Machine. Each week, he explores fun ways to bring love into your life. James has written several best-selling dating books and relationship guides, many of which have gone on to become Amazon bestsellers. So why am I chatting to James on a podcast about becoming a solo mum, I hear you ask? Well, there's two main reasons. Firstly, about 95% of my coaching clients share with me that they are trying to decide between continuing to date or starting the journey of solo motherhood. The thing is, when I ask how they're planning to meet someone, I often get met with silence. If you do decide to park solo motherhood to try to meet someone, then my advice is you should actually take some action to try to meet someone. So for those who have decided to continue to date for now, I want to support you with the best strategies to be successful at this. And this is something that James can help us with. Secondly, a top fear of women who choose solo motherhood is it will mean that they remain single forevermore. I explore this idea with James to try to put our minds at rest that this is simply not the case. Hi James, thank you so much for being a guest today. This, as you know, is a podcast for single women considering solo motherhood. And um, one of the really common situations is that people say they just want to give dating six months more before they make the decision to become a solo mum. So I thought it would be great to get a dating coach on to just talk about that a little bit more. So before we get into the really juicy bit, do you just want to give a bit of an introduction to you and how you got into being a dating coach? Of course. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I have been a dating coach for 15 years now. And I help busy single professionals navigate the very difficult and frustrating world of dating. I help people get into relationships, stay in them, and attract the right sort of people that they want. And as such, I work for many different dating agencies all around the world and many different dating brands. I've written loads of books and I I do a lot of different things, which is always good. I started this a long time ago when I used to be an actor. A long time ago, I used to be an actor and I used to... I didn't make a lot of money doing that all the time because it didn't pay a lot of money. So I helped out at singles events as a way to make extra money and found I really, really enjoyed it. It was a good way to transfer my skills to teach people how to become more confident, body language, flirting, become more playful. And people seem to love it. And here I am 15 years later, I get to play for a living, get to help people find the fun and find love. Amazing. So we, I feel in good hands to get some really good advice for my audience then. I hope so. <laughs> 
Fab. So um, the first thing I want to sort of explore with you a little bit is there's an incredible amount of pressure on a lot of women who are in their sort of like mid 30s and, and beyond who want a baby because we have got a biological clock and um, you know there's only so long that you've got to have a baby whereas we've got the rest of our lives to meet somebody. Um, but if people want to do it in the order of meeting someone and having a baby together with them there does become quite a lot of time pressure. So my coaching clients often say to me, I'm just going to give it six months. But then when I ask them what they're going to do, many of them seem a bit baffled and like, oh, I have to do something. I was just going to see what happened. So what's your advice for somebody who's really going to just try to meet someone? How best can they go about doing that if they, if they feel this time pressure? That's a great question. The time pressure definitely is there because when you meet someone, then you've got to date them, you've got to get to know them, you've got to get engaged, and you've got to get married, perhaps, and then you want to have children. That's the traditional way. Of course, many people don't do it in that order anymore. But my advice to you is don't sit around doing nothing, because Mr. Wright is not going to magically knock at your door and say, here I am, let's go and get married, let's go and do this. So you've got to take some sort of action. And of course, options are very limited at the moment, because you can't do certain things. And I'm not sure when this podcast will go out, but I'm sure that singles events won't be working. You won't be able to see your friends for a while. So options aren't there. So you've got to think about what can you do? And people say, well, I've tried dating apps. I've tried online dating and it didn't work. But really, they are very frustrating things to do. But they are about the only thing that you probably can do at the moment. Other than asking your friends to play matchmaker, that's another good way as well. But generally, dating apps can work. But you've got to do them the right way. There's no point doing it half-heartedly or making an average attempt, because if you do an average attempt, you're going to get an average result, and that's not good enough. So is there better apps than others that you, that you would advise people to go on? Like if they're a complete beginner in this, what, what would your advice be of where to start? If you're a complete beginner, then probably it's best to go out on some dates regardless if they're the perfect match for you or not. Because you have to go out and get the practice, work out what you really want. But absolutely, there are many dating apps. There's three top ones that people tend to use in the UK. You've got Tinder, you've got Bumble, and you've got Hinge. Now, Tinder, from with Tinder and Bumble, even though they are good for women, there tend to be nine men for every woman on there. And that sounds amazing, doesn't it? It sounds great. Got all these lovely options, lovely guys on there. But most of these guys are probably not the guys you're looking for. Because the guys don't generally get many responses because of the, the odds aren't there. So they don't make much of an effort, they have low quality profiles, low quality pictures, and you get very, very overwhelmed and frustrated quickly. So they're not great choices. I tend to prefer Hinge out of the three of them, because Hinge really has a better system. You can search on there, first of all. You can't search on Tinder, or you can search on its age and location, which is not enough. If you're looking to have a baby, then you want to find someone that also wants to have a family. There's no point even getting to know somebody that isn't going to be interested in that. And so it eliminates a lot of time wasting. And the thing I like about Hinge, it's got different icebreakers on there, icebreaking questions. You can use your profile for some fun and to make it easier to interact. Most people, when they do dating apps or even online dating, they don't fill in their profiles. They just write a few lines in it, think that'll be enough, get bombarded with all these men contacting them, and then they give up very quickly because it's the wrong sort of guys. But what I would say to you is, if you were going to apply for a job, you wouldn't go on the jobs website, put your CV up there, and just wait for every job in the world to come to you. You wouldn't do that. You target what you want, 
you'd be proactive in you going for what you want. And therefore, you'll be able to get the top 10% of people who are on these sites and these apps. If you don't, people that are joining for the first time, say Mr. Mr. Wonderful, Mr. Wright joins the site, he's going to be bombarded with messages of proactive women. He's never going to have time to find you, to search for you, to contact you. You've got to make the first move. Now, even that is a tricky thing to say because many women expect the guy to make the first move. But that is, that is true and that's how it should be in an ideal world. But really, nowadays, people have short attention spans and you've got to make yourself noticed for the right reasons. So you've got, to, you've got to say hello, just say hi, introduce yourself. That's all you're going to do. In the same way, if you're in a bar, you can smile at someone to get their attention. That's all you need to do. Get them to, to notice you and therefore you've got more of a chance. And I think my audience are really used to doing things a bit differently and sort of getting rid of some of the traditions we might have grown up with. So actually, I think making the first move, uh, you know, that's just something that we think should happen from how we hear things from when we've grown up. But actually, there's absolutely nothing wrong with making the first move, especially if you know what you want, then it's the best way to, to go and get that, I think. So that's good advice. It is a men really like it as well. They like to be approached the first time because it saves nothing to do the work. They know where you stand, they know you're interested and that you can get on with things. That's interesting because I think there is sometimes a worry, how will I come across if I make the first move? But I also have had the experience where people seem quite receptive to it. So um, great. Then in terms of the wanting a baby, so the nature of this is that um, my audience all want to have a baby. That's why they are following me. How do you tackle that without like sounding like hi? you seem nice, I want a baby, <laughs> it's going to scare people. Um, how would you introduce it and broach it into the conversation and when? The very first thing to do if you are using a dating site or a dating app is to tick the box that says that you're looking for a family. That's the very first thing. Because anyone that's not interested, if there is a search facility, they will eliminate you, which is great because it saves you wasting time with the wrong sort of people. Now, you can put in your profile that you'd love to start a family absolutely right that but I wouldn't go beyond that I wouldn't elaborate that you want to have a family tomorrow or in the next six months or even in the next year that's going to scare men off even men that are looking to start a family tomorrow probably would not be attracted to a profile that says that it's too intense take your time but do specify it so I'm on here to meet uh, a long-term partner maybe start a family someday maybe write something like that you can always break this down when you start talking to them and you get deeper into the conversation but profiles are just an initial advert, an initial thing to get them interested, to get them hooked and to get some leads. It's like anything to do with sales, it's all marketing, you get the leads. When you get the leads, you can filter them out and decide to do with them whatever you want. But be honest, if somebody asks you if you're looking to have a baby soon, so yeah, relatively soon. A personal question, but actually one that I think a lot of women in my community have got is um, I lived abroad for seven years and one of the most um, frustrating things that people say to me is, um, oh, well, that's probably why I didn't meet someone then, if you lived abroad. Whereas that's not my belief at all, um, mainly because all my friends who were living abroad with me all met someone. What's your view about how important location is? Does location and where you're living play a factor in whether you'll be able to meet someone. I don't see any reason why somebody who's living abroad in a different country can't meet someone there. Unless you're meeting, looking to meet someone who's British, it might be a bit more difficult. But people meet people all the time. The options are everywhere. There's so many more people than you probably realise who are nearby who would love to meet you. They just don't know how to do it. 
And would you say that's true in the UK? So a lot of people in the UK are considering whether to move back close to where their family live. So I'm just about to move to Southport. Um, so I live in West Didsbury. It's like full of young people. It's easy. I'm calling myself young now. It's full of people my age. In my mind, it's easier to meet somebody. And I'm moving to Southport. And I know a lot of people are in the same situation. And so there's a hesitation of, if I move, will I still be able to meet someone? What's your view on that? There are people everywhere. Unless you live on top of a mountain top away from anyone for hundreds of miles, there are people everywhere who would love to meet you. But obviously, if you're going to go somewhere where there's more people and there's a denser amount of people, then you're more likely to meet someone quickly. For example, London tends to be the hub of dating in the UK. It has the most people, it's the most cosmopolitan area. There are opportunities. There's more singles events normally. There's more different dating apps, more matchmakers, and more people coming into that normally. But times have changed now. And I have found many people, thanks to the whole pandemic, have moved back to where their families are. Maybe they've been forced to live with their families again, or they've gone back because they feel safer and to be in their bubble. So people are going back to where they feel more comfortable. And if you feel comfortable where you are, you're more likely to want to go out and know the places you might people, might, might, might see people. So it does work. But there really are people absolutely everywhere. I would not use that as an excuse not to take action, because I'm sure you can find a way, even if it means getting on the train for 20 minutes somewhere or a bus or a tram, or a boat, or a ferry, wherever it might be, don't hold this back, don't let this stop you. Okay, that's reassuring to know, because I'm going to start dating again when I move to Southport. <laughs> so, good news. So then, people who are considering solo motherhood, one of the common things um, that they would hear from friends and family is, but if you do this, that's it. You're writing off your chances of then ever having a relationship. So, for somebody who is having a child on their own, or has got a child on their own, what is your view from your experience on will that make it harder to meet someone later down the line or do you think it makes no difference? That's a good question. There's two answers to this. Short term, it makes things more difficult <laughs> because men will find it confusing. They won't know how to handle you. You're going to have hormones. You're going to have other things that, make, that aren't your priority rather than them. And most men can't really handle that if you're dating someone initially. But long term, no problem at all. Some guys are happy with that. That's not going to be an issue. But I have seen people who are on online dating sites and dating apps who are currently pregnant and searching at the same time. And that, to me, I, I don't really understand that. I mean, men that are viewing these profiles get put off very, very quickly. They don't understand why they're doing that. I understand why women are doing it. They want to find a partner, want to carry on dating. But really, you have to have a time when you have a baby to get to know the baby, to bond with the baby and be with it. Um, and that is an important part. And finding a man should not be your priority at that stage it should be bonding with your baby so get that through get that done wait until the baby's old enough that you can let someone else look after them and then you can go out dating again but have a little break from it enjoy it focus on the baby that's the most amazing thing you can ever have so enjoy that process I think it might depend as well on your intention um, because I went out on a date relatively soon after having my child not to meet the love of my life just to go on a date because uh, you know my life was around having a baby and it was nice to just remember that I was a person in my own right and it was fun to, to go on a date. So I, I think it depends if you're immediately back on let me try to meet someone for a long-term relationship or if you actually are just interested in socialising um, could be quite a bit different then. That's a very valid point. I think socialising is important 
because if you're on your own, it can be very, very lonely bringing up a baby. If you haven't got a support bubble around you, I, I hate using the word support bubble, but <laughs> that's what the term was used before this pandemic came along. If you haven't got a social group around you, like parents or friends to help you, then it's going to be very, very lonely. And it's important that you do still reach out to people and you do make friends. But I wouldn't mislead them. I'm not saying that you did, but some people might not tell the person they're meeting that this situation is going on. And it might become a bit of a shock if they start to like them. So be honest, say, I'd love to just go for a drink with you. I'm, I'm looking to make new friends, or whatever it might be. And then do that, absolutely. Get yourself out of the house as much as you can, as long as it's safe to do so. And it actually leads nicely onto my next question, because for people who've got children, um, what would you put on the profile then? We often have big debates about this. So I'm very honest on my profile and say, I have a child on my own. Um, I chose to do it because I didn't want to miss out on being a mum, but I would still like to meet someone in the future. And so there's no confusion. And personally for me, I find that means that I, um, you know, nobody contacts me who isn't okay with that situation. Other people feel like that's revealing too much information and you should perhaps give less information and then reveal a bit more over time. What's your view on that one? I'd recommend a balance of both those two things. So you be honest, you mentioned you've got a child in the profile, but there's no need to elaborate and tell your life history and the life story in the profile. When you start talking to them, when you meet them, absolutely tell them the reasons why. They're probably going to ask you anyway. They're going to say, well, you've got a baby, what's that about? Where's the dad? Is he around? They're going to want to know that. If he's not around, obviously, he wasn't part of your life, then that's an important thing. Or if you have got someone there who is a parental figure, they're going to want to know because they have to compete with them. Are they always going to be in your life? These are important questions, but not something you need to reveal before you even meet somebody. But be honest, say that you've got kids and be proud of that. It's the most important thing you've got in your life, so embrace it. And if it does put people off and eliminates people that aren't interested, then fantastic. You've done that. It's just the wrong sort of people and they can go off and do what they want to do. And you're free to meet people that you're going to have more chance of making a really deep connection with. So for the women who are thinking, okay, I I'm considering solo motherhood, but I'm just really going to give this dating malarkey one last go and see how that goes for me. What is a dating coach? So if they use a dating coach, what, what will that, how will it help them? Very good question again. <laughs> Many people have got a long checklist of things they want in a partner, but they've got no idea how to achieve it. And then the second question is, what do you have to offer? What makes you so special, so dateable, that someone else, your ideal match would be interested? So it's working out what your qualities are, what you bring to the table, and then boosting that, becoming the perfect version of you, the best version of you. It's not about changing yourself or making things up. It's being the best version of you and therefore you can attract the right sort of person. And it's putting a plan together to make sure you're going to get what you want. Maybe it means going to certain places, going on certain apps, doing it the right way. And I guide people to do it, to take all the shortcuts that are going to speed up your process and eliminate all the frustration and dating the wrong sort of guys, all the red flag spotting, all these things. And it's also a friend to talk to. So you can say, well, I'd like a main opinion on this, please. What do I do with this? What is he thinking? Why hasn't he texted me? And then it's working out how to take it from the first date to the second date to the tenth date to marriage. This is what I tend to do. And even then, people get married in a long-term relationship. Say to me, James, I've been with them for two years now. What do I do? I'll make sure things keep going on track. And they come back to me. And I love that. I love the fact that they come back to me because it shows that what I'm doing really, really does help and makes an important difference in their lives. But what it really is, it's the guidance, the support, and it's the plan to help you take action and give you a little kick along the way. I see coaching as a ladder. 
At the top of the ladder is you, hopefully with a baby in a relationship. And at the moment, you're on the bottom of the ladder. My job as a coach is to keep pushing you up there. You're going to fall down sometimes, but to keep pushing you up the steps, taking action so you finally get what you want. Do the women that you um, see, do you find that some of them have this um, desire for a baby and it, and it causes difficulties in dating? Very much so. I see it a lot. There are people come to me from 22 to 82. So some of them are outside the, the age group that that's going to fall into, male and female. And some women are even in their early 40s and they still want to have a baby. And they think, what do I do now? I really want to meet somebody. Some people are getting maybe early 30s, starting to feel a bit broody. They want to meet somebody. And so I see it all the time. And it's working out what your priority is. Do you want to have a baby? Do you want to find love? Which all are you going to do it? And it's a difficult thing. And I do help people a lot with this because it comes up time and time again. And I would say for any dating coach, for any matchmaker, the most common age group of people that come to them would probably be mid-30s, all for the same reason. Because they realise they've worked really, really hard and they're on their career and they haven't got what they want. Or they just dated the wrong people or they've been left disappointed. Or they're newly divorced and it hasn't worked out the way they thought life would. So it's about giving them hope, giving them a plan. And yeah, it, it definitely is something that happens all the time. And what about the men? So um, let's get the inside scoop on what the men are saying to you. So there's a sort of a perception in the um, solo mum community that, you know, men aren't interested in settling down. Um, they don't necessarily want children or they want them later. You know, what are you seeing from, from the male side of, of your clients? Right. I have to give my honest answer on this. First of all, there are men that want different things at different times always. There are men that come to me, you want to get married tomorrow, want to meet somebody. There are people that think, well, I've just got out of a relationship now, I want to meet some new people, I want to see who comes up. I might want to have kids, I don't really know, I'm not sure. But people are having children later and later in life. And men don't come to me with the same urgency as women, that's very much true. Because there is no body clock, there is no rush for men to do this. Men just want to date the right person and find the right person. And they don't really care if you've really got children. That isn't so much an issue. It tends to be more of an issue for younger men, those who are under 30. They don't really want to date someone that's got kids because they want just probably peer pressure, probably something that's going on is what their expectations are. But become, men become more realistic as they sort of get towards mid-30s. And they think, well, that's absolutely fine. They don't have a problem with it. Or they want to have children of their own. Maybe they've already got children and they're looking to have more and they want to date someone who's got children it just saves a lot of time, doesn't it? If they've already got children, you want to have a big family, then it saves time. And there's lots of men who think, well, I've left it too late now. I've left my life too late to find somebody. I wish I could find somebody who's got children. I have a perfect ready-made family. And that has its own complications, of course, but there are plenty of men that want this. My, my general answer for this is that there's men who want different things everywhere. You've got to find the right ones, target the right ones, the ones that want to have children soon, and, and don't date the ones that never want to have children or aren't interested because they're just not the right people for you. It's so true. It's so easy to make just a wild generalisation, isn't it? Mm. No men want to settle down. I think that's when you're feeling frustrated, that's almost like the go-to position, um, really generalising on it. It is. But if that was true, there'd be no families and no children anywhere, would there? Very true. The other thing that I'm really interested in is almost like some of the history behind this. So, you know, if we look at our grandparents or even our parents you know um things seemed quite different in your belief why is it that so many women now aren't finding the right partner and 
probably men as well. My perspective, I, I only deal with the, the female side of it. But I, I know personally, I've never been contacted by so many people recently saying, you know, I fear I'm going to miss out on motherhood. I haven't met the right partner. Um, have you got any views on why you think this might be on the increase? Yes, I do. There's two reasons for this. Let's go back maybe 50 years. First of all, most people had children when they were married. They were in a relationship, they were married, then they had children. That was the way things were done. People tended to have children quite early on because what happened is the, the man went out to work, women stayed at home, brought up the children. That's the way that things were. But the world has completely obviously changed in the last 50 years. Women have now got amazing jobs. They're out there working really, really hard. They've got pressures. They've got their own mortgages to support, their own bills. And sometimes men have become lazy. They're relying on these women to look after them to some degree. And they don't want to pay. They don't want to become gentlemen anymore. So women are focusing on their careers. They're just not meeting the right sort of men that they want to meet. And therefore, they don't want to have to start a family with just anybody. They want to meet the right people. And so they often it can work against them. They might have unrealistic expectations that they're going to meet George Clooney or the idol perfect guy is going to come along. And they hold out for that. Or they just date the wrong people who disappoint them. But that, that is my reasons for that. I think the times have changed. But just traditionally, it was the old 2.4 children, the man goes out to work and the woman stays at home and cooks and cleans, which it still happens for some people. And for some religious demographics, it, it does still happen. But generally, in, in Britain, men and women are equal. And that is probably the reason why people are leaving it later to have children. Would you agree with that? I would. I think there's, um, I've done loads of research on this because it's, it's one of the things that people really are, are wanting to know. Why am I in this position? Um, and and I, I suppose are reassured to find that there's so many people in that position. I think the other thing is um, choice. So I, I think that there is so much choice that sometimes having too much choice means that we don't make a decision so I, I think that previously if you'd met someone who lives quite close by to you that you like you thought okay this is this is a good opportunity then whereas now you're like yeah this could be okay but I could probably meet 10 other people as well shall I just see so I do think people have become a little bit overwhelmed with the amount of choice and um expectations I think our expectations have wildly changed and I want only what you see in the rom-coms that is what an amazing relationship looks like and anyone I see who doesn't make me feel like that straight away I'm like oh but am I settling which obviously I know isn't, isn't the case, but you know, it is, I think that's ingrained in us a little bit. And um, I wonder whether our expectations need managing slightly. I'd agree with that. It's like I mentioned before, it's working out what you have to offer. Why would somebody want to date you? If you don't really know how amazing you are, how's someone else going to know? Or why are they going to pick you? And I think you're right. There is what's called the paradox of choice, which comes from dating apps in particular. You can go on there, women in particular, it's not so true for men, but women can go on there, and they can swipe, get a date. They can get a date tomorrow, get a date in the next hour if they really want to. There's so many men. They don't need to make the full effort when they go out with them. And if the man isn't treating them the right way, goodbye. Or they're an inch too short, right, goodbye. I'm only going to date people who are six foot one. Everyone under that, gone. That's what happens. Unrealistic expectations and just eliminating people that they'll meet perfectly well in the real world who might be an amazing match for them. But that's another trouble as well. We used to all work quite locally as well it was easy to meet people from work 
or in our social circle who are around us locally. But as time's gone on, thanks to the internet, we're able to meet people who are further and further away. So rather than just walking down the local pub and bumping into someone and starting dating them, you can meet people who are hundreds of miles away, even in different countries. So that does work against us. By bringing us the choice and bringing us opportunities, it also means it makes it harder in some way. So you have to work out absolutely what you want and then target what you want and then stick to that. And then when um, the pandemic is manageable, let's say, I don't want to say over, but like, you know, when we get to the point where we can date in the way that we're used to, um, what other ways are there to meet someone other than just online? Because I think certainly in my head, I got it into my head, that's the only way I'll possibly meet someone, particularly because for my job, I do, I work from home permanently. Um, but what, what other ways are there to meet people in, in, in different times? There's a variety of different ways, depending on your budget, I would say. If you've got a lot of money or money in the bank that you want to invest in the process, then a matchmaker can be a really, really good choice. Because many men who are looking for something quickly, as in a long-term relationship with a family, they don't want to waste any more time sitting there on dating apps. They don't want to have to go out. They're too busy. They're getting on with their lives. They will spend the money, which can be thousands of pounds. It can range from two and a half to maybe 10,000 pounds to do this. But that could be an amazing investment if you do want to meet someone. And maybe the cost of having a baby on your own might even exceed that. So it can often work. But there's no guarantees. But there's probably an 80 odd percent chance that you will meet someone amazing that you can work with. And I'm a coach for 14, 15 different agencies in the UK. And I know that this can work if you choose the right company. People just don't know that they which agency is the right one for them. And um, this is why I run the dating agency review website as well to help people because I work with them. I know inside out who's good and who's not, who's right for the over 30s, over 40s, over 50s, someone that wants to have children quickly. So that is a great way of doing things. But if you haven't got that sort of money sitting around, never borrow it either. People <laughs> often ask me, I want to borrow it on my credit card to pay for this because I want to have a baby quickly. No, don't do that. If you have to spend the rest of your life paying off the debts, that's not really worth it. And I think singles events can be a good way to meet people, at least initially. To be honest with you, the quality of the women is always much nicer than the quality of guys at events. And I've run hundreds of them, so I can tell you that is a fact. But there are always still one or two really, really good quality guys. So if you get yourself noticed, if you don't go to these events, you're never going to meet them. And I've run so many, I, haven't, I can't run them at the moment. I'll be running them again next year with mini seminars going on and helping people. And I've got some great ideas and plans for that, which are obviously put on hold thanks to this pandemic thing. But there are going to be some great events. Getting yourself out of the house is the best thing you can do. Because at least you've got a chance. There are opportunities out there. And you might even make a new female friend when you go there rather than meeting a new partner. And a female friend might know someone who's amazing for you. So you have to ask your friends and get, boot yourself a circle and say, do you know anyone who might really need to settle down quite quickly? Who's a good catch and you can vouch for. And that's a good way of doing that. And I think speed dating and singles events are a good way of meeting people. But you can also go to any sort of social event that might be out there. I recommend, it's a website called Funzing, F-U-N-Z-I-N-G, who have lots of different events. Anyone can run themselves. And they have such a wild and wonderful mix an eclectic mix of wonderful things you can go to. Maybe you can go to a talk on ghosts. You can go to a talk on making vases out of clay, painting, decorating. Anything you can imagine, they do something for. And these are going to attract men. So you go to where the men might be, and you go, if you don't meet someone, you've learned a new skill. You've had a good time. You've had a, you haven't wasted a few hours. Go and make some cocktails. Wherever it might be, try different things. And the reason I like that website 
is the mix always changes, all these different things that you might think, that sounds really interesting. I'm going to go and learn something. And I tell my guys that all the time. I said, don't just choose ones that are going to cater for guys. Cater ones, go to ones that are going to cater for women. That You might go and meet somebody. So look for events that might interest guys. Maybe it's Bitcoin, whether it might be, go on there, find something, and then go to them. You're going to meet loads of guys, loads of leads. And if these guys aren't doing anything Saturday evening or Saturday afternoon, they're probably going to be single. So even though they're not singles events, go to where they might be. Even the gym, if they were in the gym on Sunday afternoon or Saturday afternoon, they're probably going to be single. Go where the guys might be, but don't just sit around. Take some action, it will work. And that's my other question, meeting people in just everyday life. So when I hear, like if I say, oh, where did you meet your partner? And then one of my colleagues said on the tube, and I was like, come on, that can't be true. How did you, how do you actually strike up a conversation to, they were married then, um, like how did it happen? I don't see many examples where you meet someone just whilst you're living your life and convert it to a relationship how, how do you see that working the reason that doesn't work is because women have got a bubble around themselves i, I give another i'm not going to say the name i call it because I'm, I'm not sure how clean this podcast is. <laughs> i know you can say it you can say it <laughs> it's called a bitch bubble i call it a bitch bubble that's okay. my, my term for this i use it in my seminars and my coaching it's a bubble around them that they put around them so if someone comes near them they almost scowl at them avoid eye contact don't come near me don't sell me anything don't talk to me you're drunk don't want me to do with you and they sit there and then they wonder why no one approaches them and maybe they're sat on the train and they're reading metro they're in the coffee shop staring at their phone they're in the gym with headphones on these are all barriers that make it impossible for guys to start a conversation you might go out to a bar but you're with your friends it makes it really hard for the right sort of people if you drop these barriers, you sit down, have a coffee in the coffee shop, look around and smile, make eye contact, and letting the guy know it's okay to come over and say hello. Or ask them a question in the gym, say, look, I've just joined up here, how do I use this equipment? The guy would love to tell you. If you'll start flirting with you, start a conversation, just easy. Talk to everyone that you meet, talk to the lady in the checkout queue, the guy at the bus stop, the old man crossing the road, give him a hand. Interact with people, it becomes norm. It becomes absolutely normal for you, so just do that. People just don't want to be approached by the wrong people, but you have to let people in if you want to send any chance to do that. The ones that are friendly, smiling around on the tube are the ones that are going to get approached because the guys know it's safe. So I always encourage that as part of my coaching. It's a, it's a process. It's, people tend to be quite shy and nervous and don't want to be rejected, but just smiling, looking friendly, that's going to attract the right sort of people straight away. I think that's really great advice. That's something we can all just do immediately, just take a note of whether we're being closed off. Um, I think one of the reasons that people, um, I suppose it's the next step. Once you've started chatting to someone and you've had a lovely conversation, it's almost quite easy to then just say, oh, well, nice chatting to you. I know I've started chatting to someone and thought, oh, I'd really like to get their number, but I'm too scared to say, should we exchange numbers for the fear of looking stupid if they if they say no don't be ridiculous sort of thing so what's your advice and again i think women want men to make the first move but how can you convert it from a friendly chat to trying to exchange numbers there's three things you can do depending on what circumstance what you feel comfortable with the first thing is if you're in a, in a venue where there's a coffee shop nearby and you have a conversation, maybe you're in a bookstore and you start talking to somebody, you might say, so you go and grab a coffee. Do you fancy grabbing a coffee now? Why not have the date there and then? Why wait? What is the point? I tell my guys to always do that. I think bookstores and clothing stores are great places. They've almost always got a coffee shop somewhere nearby. I think we're always a metre away from a Starbucks or something, aren't we? 
in real life. So you can go and do that. If they don't want to do it now, so maybe another time. What have you lost by trying that? Nothing. You didn't know them before. If you don't want to see them again, you've lost nothing. The second thing is, you say to them, look, I really enjoy talking to you, but I've got to go now. What steps can we take to do this again? And it's up to them to then suggest swapping numbers. And you can do that. Don't be so, so forward and say, here's my number. Ask them what you'd like to do, make them feel comfortable. And the third thing is, to play it safe, you say, look, I've got to head off now, but are you on Instagram? To say that, are you on Insta? Everyone says that now. It's the new Facebook, everyone's on Instagram. You can follow them on Instagram, then you can start messaging them, give them a chance. But if you're gonna do that, or invite them onto social media, make sure your profile sells you in the right way as it would with anything. No point having loads of pictures of you looking drunk or looking bald or just pictures of sunsets. It's gotta be done for a purpose. And this is part of my plan for coaching people. You've got to have a good Instagram feed, eliminating all the group shots of you, loads of guys looking drunk. Make it look like you're a great catch. And they're going to be like, this is interesting. She was really nice and friendly. I must reach out to her. I'd love to get to know her. And a little secret as well. A lot of guys have not really even contemplated whether they want to have children or not. But when they get into a relationship with the right person, it just happens naturally. And they're ready for this. I know I didn't really think about having children before I met my wife. I, I did not think about it, but I didn't think of it in any depth. But it just happened, it was the right time, and I'm so privileged to have two little kids now. But many guys don't even think, if it happens, it happens. There's not so much pressure, and there was no rush for it, and it happened naturally. So if you meet the right guy, and you fall in love, and you get to know them, then absolutely, you, you, there was a chance for everything. I think that's why it can feel so hard, because two people are on a date, one of them's under immense pressure that they've put themselves under, and the other one's quite chilled out, and it feels like a mismatch, and that's why we have to learn how to try to be our best selves on a date, not a crazy person who wants a baby immediately. It's not just that. People want to get married instead, rather than having a baby, want to get married. And on the first date, uh, when you're looking to get married, they're at a speed dating event. Do you want to have children? <laughs> do you want to get married? Can you cook? How much money do you earn? No. <laughs> I, I've seen that over and over again when watching people and they ask these questions. They might not bring out a checklist and read them out. Or people have done that. <laughs> then you've got to be very careful they complain to me. Do things naturally, at least at first. Spend a multi-date as well. That's another bit of advice for you. Don't just stick to one person initially. Because like I said to you before, it's all leads. There's no reason why you can't go out and date to different people every night if you can do that. If you really focus on something, in the same way if it was job interviews, you wouldn't just go for one job interview and then think, well, that's it, I'm going to see what happens. You keep going, keep marketing, picking your CV out. And eventually, you maybe have five leads and it whittles down to two, and then you end up in a relationship with the right one. But just doing nothing is never going to get you anywhere. And obviously, if you start sleeping with people, you start getting serious, then you do cut it down to one. I'm not encouraging you to do that, but don't worry about because they're probably doing the same thing. They're probably out there dating lots of people anyway, particularly if they're a good catch. So have fun with the whole process. Fantastic. Some excellent advice. Thank you, James. So if someone does want to invest in this and invest in meeting someone, how could they reach out to you and what support can they get from you? Right, absolutely. There's two ways of doing this. You can go to my website, which is jamespriest.com. That's P-R-E-E-C-E. Or if you want to get some tips and motivational quotes and things like that, you can follow me on Instagram. And my handle on there is jamespriestcoach. And I'd love for you to interact with me on there. That'd be fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much for all your great advice. Um, I think it will really help people who are thinking about just trying dating focus and hopefully get the results that they want. Um, so thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you.
thank you so much for having me here today. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Stalker Night Podcast, I'd hugely appreciate if you rate, review and subscribe. I look forward to seeing you again next week.